Right, this, you're going to love this intro. Okay, good. Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a narcissistic waste of billable hours that is measurably reducing the quality of life for our partners. <laughs> because we can't buy them shiny things so much anymore. Or help them on their projects no. that they're launching. So no. tough, because this is what we want to do. My name is Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Hey, what, off Twitter? <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, crap. Yeah. Have you seen my new response to people this week? No. Because Ivanka Trump's been in London, hasn't uh, she? Has she so, actually with... Oh God, it makes me ill. He's brought all his grown-up children his with him. Four of them. <laughs> it's he's gross. Four, four children. Four grown-up children. Well, they're the only on ones that are in the government anymore, aren't they? Everyone else is gone. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and, but what's your response? Hi, I'm not that Ivanka, but I do have a podcast that you might enjoy. <laughs> grandpodcast.com <laughs> okay <laughs> why not Is it, can we measure traffic we should start like trying to figure out how to you could put something in the URL and see how many of those are driving traffic to us true I am this is me now go on marketing analytics <laughs> this is going to be my life now <laughs> I like graphs that's fine shall I tell you what we're going to talk about this week tell us we're going to talk about how to make a hard decision how to do something that's how to come to a difficult decision and take an action that's really hard because we've all got um you know it takes a while for that sometimes you know you you suspect you've got to do something but like you can't even think about it for a while and then so i'm just kind of i've just on podcast come through a few weeks of sort of coming to a point where i've had to go right it's time and I've, I made it I made an important decision this week and acted on it uh, so and we'll talk about that in the episode so shall we have you and what a new what what <laughs> hard decision might we be referencing I mean I haven't said what mine is but <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just want to you know, this is like I, I'm coloring in the timeline is like I need some Michael some Ivanka some Michael some Ivanka it's <laughs> too much Michael it's too much, Michael. So it's just too like, much, Michael. Say something, Ivanka. So, I'd like to say that making hard decisions is really hard. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not about making the decision. It's about taking the action. I think. Right. And are the two possibly separate things? Yeah. Like there's 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 the accepting or knowing that you need to do a thing, and then actually doing it. And I don't actually know what part of it is the decision. Is it the action or is it the acceptance? <laughs> Or is decision action plus acceptance, or something? Oh, there's a lot of acts, and the, and so this is going to make this is sub top headlines for me. Then uh, there's procrastination, there's fear mm. and fear setting. Yeah. I might just talk about that a bit more. Um, there's and I think that it's, it comes out of there's just kind of understanding that something needs to change. And I think my happiness app has certainly helped me do that in the past, and I've sort of started using it again recently. Um, and I, I think there's there's different ways you can realise that things aren't right, and or just simply it's like oh when the when the bad starts outweighing the good, you got to change something, ain't you? That's what a cockney once said to me. 
um, when the bad's more than the good, you gotta go. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure. How's it going, Croatian Ivanka? Croatian Ivanka, it's going, I'd say it's going very well. I'm thoroughly enjoying my uh, new existence on my Croatian island. There has been, though the weather has not been, as discussed previously perhaps, the weather's not been what it should be, but Mm. the sun has come out now. Um, that hasn't stopped us being outdoors. Uh, it's very, it's just very different. I've mm. grown tomatoes. I made jam out of the loquats. How long does it take to grow tomatoes? I don't know, a few weeks. A few weeks. So it's yeah. doable. And you made jam. I made jam out of the famous loquats. Are they not? Is it? Are you sure it's not marmalade? No, no, it's jam. <laughs> they're a fruit, not a citrus. <laughs> not a, not a citrus I still don't fruit. know what the definition is of marmalade. I don't really care. Stink. It turned out, I, I did use Lily's book. Right. Uh, but I think I made it, uh, but I, do you know, I got fed up of picking them and peeling them. <laughs> so I didn't have quite the amount, so I guessed. And it's turned out a bit runny. Ivanka's talking about Lily O'Brien, uh, who, has, uh, who runs the London Borough of Jam, which is just yes, a I good am. name, isn't it? Um, so there's a little plug, unsponsored. Mm. And uh, though she can, she will send her a link. Yeah. <laughs> she us later. Um, uh, so I made my jam. It was very lockwats, a fruit that I'd never heard of before I bought this house. Very tasty jam, delicate flavour, a little bit apricotty. Mm. Very good jam. That's that. That's that oh, story. That's good. Yep. Cool. Um, uh, your room sounds. You know, you're a bit less echoey than you have been in this room. Um, yes. I've not done any proper sound treatment. What I've done is taken the sound treatment foam and sort of piled it on behind my laptop. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> like, so uh, we'll see. That might be the best approach. Because it's also black and ugly. I was trying to work out how to make some wall art out of it. So I've got some mm. cloth to cover it. But then I don't know if that will ruin the sound waves. Do you, do you know who, um, who's got a studio that looks quite pretty is Andrew Huang. And I, I feel like he's spelling Andrew Wong, H-U-A-N-G. So I think it's actually Andrew Wong. But um, he's got a YouTube channel. He's, he's probably got the most popular YouTube channel of the kind I am doing and actually gets millions of views on things. So, But he sort of does produ- production tips and shows funny musical instruments and then sings a song at the end um and is, is quite professional with it all but he has a selection of different sort of hairy rugs and sort of this white acoustic treatment that all looks very um clean and um mm. and pretty so maybe have a look at his videos and see uh, see if there's any inspiration there <laughs> i think that the, the objective of the, the name of the game is to stop the sound bouncing yes so I think we can achieve that in multiple ways. Yes. That's my... But, you know, it's got it. what's been happening is that we've been moving in and settling in and creating a new garagey thing. So that's been project number one. And I've been out mm. on my electric bicycle. I could do a whole episode about my electric bicycle <laughs> and how much I love it. <laughs> I love it a lot. 
Do you is it? Do you know? Because I, I went on a lime bike. Speaking of citrus fruits, uh, the other day, and because my I got a flat tire, and just and then like I so I am um, on my proper bike. So I got on this lime bike, and it's like power assisted start. Yeah, and that's I was what like, this is. Oh, there's no price to starting and stopping, so it's quite addictive, no. isn't it? It is. It's lovely. It's like so. Basically, the shops to get to the bigger shops, it's about nine nine kilometers ish. Mm. And there's ups and downs and potholes and what have you. And it's just like, instead of it being like a workout, yeah, you can go to the shops, load up your bike with all your shopping and come home. And yes, you've your heart rate went up and you had some exercise, but you don't feel like you've been down the gym. <laughs> you just had a nice little... I like somebody who's helping you. Um, pulling away from junctions, up hills, no wobbles. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, um, so I love it. I think it'll be a while before I can... Was it a lot? Yeah. Thousands. It was... I did research and it's a Ribble cycle. Mm. I'll send them a clip as well. Again, another unsponsored link. It's very attractive because they've put the battery inside the frame. So you can't... It it doesn't really... It's not obviously an electric bicycle, number one. That's £2,000 for for basically 1800 quid for a... um, very lovely looking bicycle hmm. that and works very well. So these don't need to. So these just like charge from you pedaling. No, 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 mine. No, no, mine's definitely. A, I have to plug it in. Oh, really? So maybe it's not a not the same as your. Maybe it's not power assisted. Mine's. I don't know the difference. But basically, no, I have to plug it in. I kind of imagined it would be that principle of the, I don't know, the Prius thing where it sort of saves up the energy from braking and then sort of puts it back in when you start up again. I I have been thinking about this whilst riding along because it seems a bit silly that that you do have to plug it in. Mm. Um, So, but then I suppose, did you, I mean, have you had a, when I was a child, I used to have a bicycle that had a dynamo that ran the lights. I've ridden ones like that, yeah. They're so, sort of harder, if anything, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how you would like... I suppose... Anyway, I suppose if it was possible to charge as it went, then it would. Uh, but then I was thinking, because it was so sunny, surely I can ride around with, like, a solar panel on my head or something. Surely. <laughs> on my hat. Surely, surely there is a way to do this. So I don't have to remember to plug my bike in. Well, good there stuff. Go. Electric bike. Anyway, Sounds good. Ribble cycles... Assembled in England. You know, I took my I took my bike to the bike shop, which I bought in Berlin, and it says made in Italy, and it's got quite a sort of unique looking thing. It's a slightly strange, unusual handlebar thing going on. And I take it to this shop in uh, Portobello Road, and this guy goes, "Yeah, that's a it's a rally. Yeah, what they've done here is t- taking the top off. Yeah, that was made in Nottingham." And I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> This is my bike that I bought in Germany that was made in Italy and is very unique. And I brought it back to England. It wasn't made in Nottingham, you twat. And if it was, I don't like it anymore. Oh, dear. I think there's a strong chance. I think there's a strong chance he was wrong, but still, I haven't really been riding it since. Because he's like, oh, what you've done there is you messed up the bearings, haven't you? You've messed them up. I'm like, what? I haven't deliberately. What? Why are you. Tr- talking to me like i've deliberately <laughs> sabotaged myself um oh yeah we're gonna have to yeah he really made a mess of that I'm like again thank you 
Um, I did say, like, if, if what is this customer service? What am I dealing with? What are you saying? What, why, are you making, why are you trying to make me feel bad about my bike? Well, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about it, but yeah, it's just, oh, I don't like this. So, uh, <laughs> Is this an imaginary part of the conversation or a real part no, of the I conversation? No, I said that. I said that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, how, what did he say? Well, that's what he said. He was like, I'm not trying to... I was like, okay, well, just <laughs> don't like this. <laughs> like, Brilliant. Um, oh, I love it. And then, it, and then Sharon reminded me that that was a, one of those mansplaining situations. I'm like, what? It's always in the bike shops I get mansplained at. I can't imagine if I had to deal with that all, all the, the time. time. Some very amusing customer service for, for considering where I'm living. Croatia, not famous for its customer service. Because um, I go around to all the shops and I'm always very chatty and friendly. Sounds a nightmare. I go to the DIY shop and the lady, I was like, oh, hello, how are you? Haven't seen it. And then she was like, oh, what are you working on? But we had this nice little chat and then she's, and then I had to go again because obviously I'm in a constant DIY loop. Mm. And uh, she said, oh, my colleague said to me the other day, how do you know that lady? <laughs> like, she just talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get rid of her. <laughs> anyway, not the funniest story I've ever told. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a good insight in how to get to know people. <laughs> how do you get to know people? Talking to them. Well, that's just too much. So I'm going to tell you the small thing that I saw this yeah. week. The other day I was coming down on my bike, <laughs> topical, um, <laughs> and um, on this road. And it was kind of a slow road, but I saw this sort of Prius coming out. And then I saw this other sort of big, I don't know, like Jeep looking thing. Maybe not that big, but sort of come in and just sort of slowly kind of go into the side of it a little bit. And then I, I was coming, I was like, OK, this has happened right in front of me. I, can, I come down a bit. I see that there's a big sort of dent in the door. And I sort of like slow down to kind of go, oh, God, have I got to just be part of this now? And then um, I see the one guy get out of his car on one side and the other guy sort of like getting out of his car and they're sort of standing like that. And um, they sort of walk towards each other and the one that crashed into the other one just came over and gave him a big hug. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? And I couldn't, like... I was like, maybe they know each other, but that would be a weird coincidence, I think. I think it was just, I just saw something strange and beautiful and unexpected. Wow. Um, so then I was like, okay, well, I reckon they'll work this out themselves and they won't need any uh, witnesses, witnesses or legal representation. That's what I'm hoping. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, one of those little unexpected moments. What a beautiful little moment. A nice thing, right? That's a good story. Yes. Nice one. Um, the, <laughs> the, oh, the other one, I will just say, like, have you seen Searching? No. It's a film. In what context? I don't know what it is. It's what a film. film. It's, um, but it's all, all the action is on screens. 
So it's like it starts off with like a Windows desktop and then sort of as the years go by, it's on like a Mac and different computer screens and phone wow. screens and like security camera screens, and you know, all these different things. And so the whole story is told and it's this sort of like, um, yeah, a girl, I don't, without saying it, yeah, like a, a, a sort of teenage girl goes missing and it's the sort of hunt, you know, all this stuff and this guy kind of working with a de- detective. But um, something that was quite cool is that the guy's work computer is running Ubuntu, so it was all of our uh, all of our work kind of forming really? the, forming yes. the background of this. It had the dock, it had the Otto's um, Otto's windows window decoration. Um, that is a Ubuntu great story. I love this thing. <laughs> the Ubuntu font was on there. I was like, oh, there we go. Look at that. So it's actually really it's a good film. Like. Like the ending, I was a bit like, oh, okay, really? But the second time, I was like, no, no, I thought that was quite good. Because um, I watched it a second, yeah, I rewatched it with Shaq. Because I watched it on a flight, the flight out to San Francisco, um, having recently heard about it. But then I watched it again this weekend with Shaz. And uh, yeah, it was good. Good watch. Okay, searching. Yes. Oh, big news on our TV watching. Mm. I, I paid for Now TV so oh. I could watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. <laughs> then we watched one episode and I went to log in the next day and the only series they've got left is the final series. Why would they do know. this shit? So I'm like, so Nick goes, oh, there you go, we've got an excuse now, we'd have to watch it. Just, uh, just going to have to use piracy at this stage. Well, this is the thing about piracy. I mean, people shouldn't make it so fucking hard to do the legal the thing. thing. Like, if, it's, if the legal thing is easier... It's, you just it. do the the legal thing like Netflix. I'll watch. I'll keep that forever because they just keep coming up with stuff. Yeah. You try and nickel and dime me. I've been watching Stathlet's Flats on the um. Oh yeah. On the Channel Four uh, thing. thing, which is only made bearable by the fact that it's now linked into the Apple TV app. But you go into it and it, the ads are just relentless. Yeah. Like four adverts and then a sponsorship skit and then 10 minutes of content and then another six adverts and another spot and you're like i don't i i just i will give you money for you not to do this like can like and the channel 4 app it used to not allow you to stream to an apple tv it just you had to watch it on your phone or that was it's like come on anyway we are really sidetracking today aren't we Oh, yeah, it was my birthday this week as well. So, um, oh, yeah, it was your yeah. birthday. I said, I remembered to say happy birthday, didn't I? Yes, you did. Um, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> and Sharon got me this Grayson Perry book, The Descent of Man, which I'm finding quite interesting and also quite short, which is lovely. Um, but as I was watching this, I was watching uh, Stathlet's Flats and I had a little moment of analysis on this thing. So Stathlet's Flats, I'm going to keep saying it, even though it's a weird, <laughs> weird title. And this, um, it's kind of like, a sort of Greek family estate agents kind of thing. And our sort of central protagonist is a bit of a kind of Ricky Gervais, not Ricky Gervais stuff, but it's kind of in the vein of The Office that this person is so kind of like thoughtless and a bit stupid that it's, you know, from thence the comedy arises. But um, I was sort of confused for a little bit about this one character who's like everything... Whenever he'd say something, the other all the other ones were like, oh, "Oh, you're so funny! It's just so brilliant listening, just talking to you." I, and then I didn't quite get it at first because there was his jokes were quite weak, and and then I was like, "Oh, it's because he's English. He's the English one." So we're seeing this, what would usually be the default, you know, actor, the default type of character in anything like white male 
English vaguely posh accent framed as reframed as the exception, reframed as the sort of minority in this right. situation so that then you're able to expose the privilege that just having those attributes gives you. So he's sort of like this slightly wet character but he's like everyone the you know the sort of the other characters just love everything he says just because of he's just you know white male privilege <laughs> and i thought it was it was a subtle and clever way of of doing something like that in a in a story Ooh, um, I'm, I'm, i haven't watched that at all um it's it's a little weird little show it's it's, it's fine it's quite funny but like because uh, grace and perry in his book talks about default man as being, you know, like this idea that... Well, he sort of says there's this tribe in Canary Wharf, you know, with these sort of phallic buildings coming up and you, you sort of go to a certain area of London, you find this tribe there and it's these kind of like the, the you know, default male man in a d generic suit that sort of controls everything and um, treats themselves as... that, that Basically, their preferences control the rest of our experience for some reason and he calls it default man because a because it's like you just that's like that's supposed to be the baseline from which everything is measured for some reason but also because default means that you default like to default on a debt like you're just not really paying your way because of you know the, this sort of position you found yourself in um but anyway i'm reading through it and i'm just uh finding it a a, a good lens to look at things through and then thinking about my remembering that I sort of, even though I wouldn't want to be part of that world, I it was kind of a step for me to be able to prove to myself that I could be if I wanted to be. Right. So when I worked in Canary Wharf on a, a couple of different contracts I had that I was in those buildings and um, I was like, OK, now I've proved to myself that I could work on this high floor in this tower and I know that yeah. I definitely would never want to. And so if someone goes, well, you know, you can get the job, you need a first from whatever, like to even get through the door. I'd be like, uh, well, I've been in there in that building. But, you know, it's still they shouldn't really be setting all the decisions, should they? You know this. Well, one of the things that I liked about the quote that you sent me yesterday, whenever it was, yes. was the thing where he said the default um, the other the other reason he liked that word default man was because it implied no active choice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. no active, you know, like, it's just how they've turned out without making any effort to sort of, you know, critically analyse their choices mm. or make, you know, evaluate them in any way. It's just like, well, we want to go to strip clubs after work. We want to drink... Lots of expensive booze and have expensive lunches, and this is what we want to do. Um, I know a few women who've worked at um, Canary Wharf in those kind of organisations. It's just like, you know, quite obviously relentless, some of the yeah. sort of the default man behaviour. Um, so, yeah, it's not somewhere I've ventured. Uh, well, um, yeah, but, you know, off. it's tedious. Yeah. I'm not a, yeah. but I think, but in that vein, it reminded me when you sent me that, that um, there's a, there's the woman called, as a journalist, I think called Caroline Criado Perez. She's the woman that did the Everyday Sexism Project and got a campaign for a woman to appear on the £10 note. Right. Um, but she's written a book called uh, Invisible Women. And mm. she talks about things like how data 
is used to make choices that are very geared towards men in the world. So mm. women are more likely to die of heart attacks, uh, not because of any treatment, but because um, they are... Um, the symptoms of a heart attack in a woman are not necessarily the same as the symptoms of a heart attack in a man. Mm. So we're all taught the male symptoms, but for a woman having a heart attack, like nausea might be one of the default symptoms. Um, And because we don't, when we're not educated, we know, and we're not, as a society, we're educated, you know, pain in your left arm, chest pains, this kind of shortness of breath. And those symptoms might not be what. So it's that, there's that kind of the general bias against, um, or the sort of defaulting to male uh, data mm-hmm. means that women just get excluded. Same with crash test dummies. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the dummies are modelled on the male anatomy. Um, so what? there's all sorts of weird things where there's just like that you wouldn't think of. Yeah, well, there was that weird, there was that picture that went around of a, a female musculature. As, yeah, and yeah. you realise that you've never seen that. No. Because whenever no. they show you a skeleton, they show yeah. you like a male skeleton. <laughs> but what we what we were saying that I just was <laughs> there's a couple of things that come out of that. We're just gonna like follow the follow where it goes, follow the chat where it goes, I think. Um but yeah, I was just saying, like, I think if men had to do... Like, men would never undergo a smear test, right? We would invent some sort of laser beam, non-invasive procedure, I reckon. Like, if men had to do... I think women are still being treated. I think that's a. I think it's a form of control and domination of men over women to make you undergo these invasive... It's for your health, it's like treating you like a horse, like we're just going to put this thing in you, and just to check that you're healthy, and I just think men would not do that. We would not accept that. We would come up with some sort of like body scanner, laser beam technique, the men or some like not... pill that you take. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not thought pill. about the only thing that I find that is similar, isn't it? When you get a prostate examination, but then you don't have those through for as many years. I'm sure they're working life, on it. <laughs> but then, then again, somebody only sticks their finger up your bum. They don't do anything more invasive. There's no contraption. <laughs> so, this yeah. is my medical definition of what happens in a prostate mm. exam. All right. So, so, yes. How to make a hard decision. How, how to, to make switch a hard topics how to switch on your podcast. <laughs> so we're just, I'm just in an ambling mode, so I don't you care. Are. I'm going to get, let's get to the subject. Right. Okay, let's do it. Um, how to make up? So I, I made, I made a leap this week, and uh, it's something I've sort of been talking about for a little while. But I decided it's time to quit contracting, and uh, what that means is, like contracting, you make a lot of money doing it. So my my cycle is make lots of money contracting until I don't need until I get burnt out by a job and then work on my own stuff for a while and then but and then run out of money and then have to go back into contracting again uh, to get money but it's this thing of the contrast between working and not working is so extreme that I 
am starting to see it like a sort of drug addiction where the contracting is this high where you're like, I can do anything. I've got the money. I'm going to get a taxi everywhere. and I'm going to shop in Whole Foods every day. I'm going to buy all the gadgets and objects. And then you... But the come down is that you've got to work and on stuff that maybe isn't what you want to be working on, like really hard. And then that burns you out because like the trouble is, I think the level of meaning you're likely to get from your work, the way the system works at the moment seems inversely proportional to how much you're going to get paid. The trouble is when you're not working, you've always got this idea in the back of your mind that, yeah, this is like half a day's work and I wouldn't be worried about this anymore. But the reason I've said, right, no, I've got to quit is because I don't want to be looking at things like that anymore. I want to earn money in a sustainable way doing things that I that have some meaning for me and that I can sort of like steer a bit. Um, and the thing that gives me confidence to do that is that I've sort of saved up enough to feel like I can I can have a few months and not have to work and also just seeing that my apps with no supervision are selling maybe a tenth of what it with they need to now that I cut all my costs down if I can just 10x 15 20x how many apps I'm selling then that's I'm I'm kind of sorted you know might not be any big holidays but like I can survive do we have to cheer you now yeah, well, the my God, my God. So it's nice and scary. It's a scary situation I'm jumping into. But yeah, I, and I think like, yeah, for me, like I've quit a lot of addictive things in my time. And I am an advocate of cold turkey. And yeah, I just, I've been, I sort of was playing with this app, um, I Am Sober, um, this week that I saw someone, one of the drag queens using on Instagram. And I quite liked that it had, uh, you can when you add a new um it's like add new addiction what are you getting sober from alcohol alcohol and cigarettes alcohol and cocaine alcohol and drugs alcohol and ecstasy alcohol and heroin alcohol and marijuana alcohol and meth alcohol and pills alcohol and tobacco beer booze bourbon bread caffeine cocaine cookies eating disorder ecstasy gambling gin gluten heroin junk food <laughs> marijuana meat and dairy meth opiates pills pornography rum self-harm sex social media sweets tequila tobacco vodka whiskey wine and that is your menu of, <laughs> sounds like for some people it sounds like some sort of like a, a bucket list shopping list weekend. Weekend. tonight i know i'm gonna try <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought like I'm going to get sober from contracting because just seeing it through that lens, it's like yeah, it sort of makes sense. It's these highs and lows, and these sort of burnouts and sort of like it, you pay the price one way or another. Like you don't get something for nothing, and I feel like what contracting does to me, even if it's a thing I believe in, I, I don't think is healthy, um, and I need something that fits in with the way I am a bit more. Very good. Well done. Especially so, after our conversation the other day about like, you know, buying less means that you can work less type yeah. thing. Yeah. There is a definitely, a, um, you know, you've got it. And I was talking to somebody here the other day and she was saying, you know, she feels a bit, she's like stopped. They've, they've come here from Germany. They're a bit younger than us kids about the same age. And they, um, they're like, I feel a bit bad. I've stopped sending pictures of what we do here to my mm -hmm. friends back in Germany because I feel like I'm rubbing their face in it. And then she went, but then 
everybody could make this choice mm. to not be all, you know, full on five days a week, rah, nursery, drop off, pick up, blah, 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 get to work, commute, buy, you know, it's like, a, I think if you, if you set your expenses, um, then you do have a few more options in the freedom bank. So to, to, to make this decision, like this has been a few years coming of cost cutting and just trying to figure out how to reduce my, you know, things like rent and all those things that you just feel trapped by. And as because the trouble is, you're, if you're contracting and then you're choosing a flat, you're kind of choosing one that you can support by that contracting. Befits, yeah, that befits yeah, your like, position as a contractor. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely true. over you're definitely overpay for that in London as well. Um, so sort of getting out of getting off that kind of merry-go-round has been really useful. Um, I th- and, and I think the ways that I have, you know, I think because I do want to talk about how. To kind yeah. of come to a hard decision. Um, so, what is a hard decision? <laughs> what? Well, I think I think the uh, the other the, what we were talking about earlier about the sort of decision plus action. Mm. So I've now decided that I need to not be a member of the Labour Party. I know I know not I shouldn't be a member of the Labour Party, mm. but I haven't actually done it. I'm still a member of the Labour Party because, and my reasons for not being are quite clear to me. A, I feel like the, right now, the time massively, we need to support green politics over mm. everything. Um, and so, so, so if the current system doesn't work. We need some changes. We need to stop talking in terms of tribal allegiances and start talking about the actual ways we want to live our lives and what's important to us. Um, I've got this, but, but, who I am is part defined by my 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 socialist leanings mm. and having come to the decision of joining the Labour Party, coming to the decision of unjoining the Labour Party is quite hard. A lot of people are very good at making a decision and never getting around to acting on it, um, which is maybe as much a part of this as anything. Um, but... Yeah. But yeah, like it's it's sometimes if you want something to change, you've got to let. I mean, we've talked about this. You've got to let the old thing die. So your yeah. Labour Party thing is the thing that, if you're serious about this, you have to just let it die. <laughs> yeah, but I, it reminds me very much of a of a something one of my friends told me when I was early twenties, very early twenties. You know, freshish out of university, living with a boyfriend, and it wasn't going well, and it was time for it to end, and. And I was mm. like, I've really got to do this. I've really got to do this. And then I was talking to my friend and he just said, you can't really book in a time when you're going to end a relationship. You kind of, you have this, yeah. you, you sort of come to the, it, it settles in your brain as what needs to happen. And then, and then you have to wait for it to happen almost like, like you have to let it happen rather than you can't go right okay now that I've decided mm. next Wednesday I'm going to cook us a delicious dinner and break up um but you know sort of so it's like yeah uh, this is the yeah <laughs> like a, um so you know knowing that contracting isn't how you want to live your life um knowing that the Labour Party doesn't really represent what I think matters or isn't really it's just not doing the best for the country I think um and then but then you know but then there's all these things of like um 
you know that that whole the thing we've talked about a thousand times which is my inability to I just want to fight until something works I want to make it better I want to fix it Mm. and Mm. you know I think in this instance actually leaving you know if enough people leave that makes a loud enough message yeah and it's so there's there's two two things that drive that force you eventually to make a decision one is um well because you can try and sort of i think it's something i've learned over time is that it's better if i bite the bullet and make the decision sooner before it just turns into a just a fight that because i've got all this I've, i'm sort of like halfway out the door but my employer doesn't know this yet and then yeah, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. time they talk shit at me i and i just snap and then it just turns into this whole ugly sort of breakup um i yeah, think yeah. like but, it's but important yeah. to sort of be able to anticipate the way things are going and be able to sort of like like make the decision before it gets really terrible um because you, you, the reason you're making the decision is because it's you know so you can tell something's not not working, and so I don't know what the equivalent of that is for the Labour Party. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was thinking it, nothing's really going to force you to do it. No, but I feel like a splitter. Right? I feel like a like a kind of. A, um... But what you were saying about. When, once you've decided to leave a job you really should do it sooner rather than later like you said that scenario of you've, you're leaving but your employer doesn't know it yet. it's the same in a relationship it's the same in like the mm. other person doesn't know yeah. that you've decided that there's no hope or that you've come to the realisation yeah. that there's no maybe maybe that's the trouble with the word decision the, deci- the word decision in itself implies some sort of action but the realisation is a more passive equivalent to that I've realised this is not right and, yeah, and for yeah. me, leaving the Labour Party isn't actually necessarily per se, and I've not really thought about this in these terms before, about leaving the Labour Party. It's about the fact that I don't think this current tribal nonsense is actually what we need. And actually, it's not mm. a choice of the Labour Party or the Green Party. It's a choice of, I want to be able to vote on the policies that matter to me. And I don't really care about mm. being in it. You know, I'm I'm quite happy supporting Extinction Rebellion, you know, like, mm. and in, in kind of changing the current structure sufficiently to change the world than I am in sending a fiver a month to the Labour Party for them to sit around in their little farmhouse up there in London being a bunch mm. of dicks. One thing I use is, um, like, I have a day in my calendar called Change Day, which is when I've got something bubbling up, I'll kind of use having that day in my calendar as a, okay, well, let's make a decision on that and let's act on it. Um, And that's the day that I decide, you know, when I um, decided to move to Berlin, like, and that was a tough decision to make. Um, But... Like, you know, when the planets are in alignment, like you sort of have to be a bit metaphysical about it. You have to be a little bit sort of yeah, yeah, superstitious yeah. about things sometimes and just like look for the signs like and, and just kind of like 
use that to buoy you up. Like, because something that happened this week was like, well, I, I was going to save this for the end. Just a big thank you to my aunt for donating like a nice little bit of cash to us because she loves the podcast. Thank you, Annette, so much. Thank you for, very much uh, for doing that. But like that to me was it was a signal that okay things are moving in the right direction and i take that and i put that in my superstitious signs bag it's all a, it's a one off but it's like okay there's a little bit of cash there that i'm just going to take as the direction the universe is taking me i know in reality it's going to like it's not actually different but like this this is okay so i'm going to this particular particular decision rather than doing on the change day i did as i was like well it's my birthday so i'm going to do it on my birthday um i think it's good to sort of um use those little calendar spikes and sort of mysterious metaphysical or coincidences to sort of like help you help you make those decisions so yeah, you have to be sure, and and I think it's you have to know yourself well enough to know what the cost of inaction is as well. Yes. So, like again, in a job, in a relationship, the cost of inaction is a more unpleasant. So, if you don't, well, that's like you know, not making a decision is 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 making a decision at a certain point as well. Not making a decision is is a way of keeping I, I think it's kind of a way of keeping your baggage alive you know it's like uh, you've got this constant excuse as well it's like oh well you know I can't possibly do that yeah. thing because I've got this other thing that I'm still yeah. not dealing with properly mm. um I mean I, I I'm like there's some things I really loathe to do like sort out mm. important life documents <laughs> Uh, the ongoing saga of my child citizenship of Croatia and it's like just yeah. making the on the subject you know we, I think you raised in the intro the idea of procrastination it's like I've done a big yeah, step yeah. and they didn't do everything they said they were going to do so I've got I and I it's like that I'm, I'm my inside sigh even before I pick up the phone to find out what the next step is because it's like <sighs> yeah, yeah. god it's going to be yeah, really bad. I think it's that's, <laughs> and it's literally it's like it's a pri- it's a matter of priorities. Um, it's a matter of okay, I've got to make this a priority now. Like it's easy to make, like as hard as it is to make a decision, it's also much easier to make a decision than to actually act on it. And um, it's it's all very well saying, oh well, I'm thinking about doing this. Oh, I'm planning on doing this. If you don't make that a priority and it's a bit difficult. Yeah. You're just going to put it off. And especially if it's something that isn't like a real crunch point thing. Like I have this thing of um, I've got to sell my laptop <laughs> and a few bits and pieces. Like, but just listing things is such a ball ache. And I just, I cannot for the life of me make it a priority. <laughs> no. Um, I just can't get round to it. Um, but I, I know it's something I decided to do ages ago, like over a year ago for in the laptop situation. And the longer I leave it, like the less it's, I'm going to be able to sell it for. But because, you know, contracting means, oh, it's, you don't, don't feel the pressure of the, the value you'll get from selling it as much as you just can't be bothered to do it. <laughs> it, just, oh. it then has to be a conscious, I'm going to just 
put this at the top of my to-do list for today and bloody do it. Like, my, like your tax return. Yeah. Now I do my tax returns when I get the first email. Yeah, but I was, I was thinking this morning about the fact that this life documentation, you know, I do do my taxes. I have been, mm. I've been, I once I was really slack with my company's house return and I got put in the gazette of a company that was going to be mm. dissolved or something because I hadn't filled him. And that's what, that's the language. Oh God. <laughs> so it's like, because I didn't return, oh no. And then, uh, so it's like, okay, no, okay, I realise, I understand, this is serious, I'll have to do it. And, I mean, it seems a bit antiquated to me, but uh, there you go. And then the, um, (laughs) but, and the tax thing I do, um, obviously. um, But even then, you know, on the subject of being a consultant and having that sort of freelancer fees, I mean, Mm. I don't really have that. that sort of like taking taxis everywhere thing anymore because I don't work enough days when I do contract Um, but I definitely recognize that hey I'm making x amount a day of course let's go out for lunch I'm gonna buy myself some dinner on the way home no let's meet up for cocktails I'll get a cab there Uh, of course because you're doing that like this is how much I've made today and actually it's very hard to reprogram your brain to go actually that's got to last me for X days or yeah. X months. Um, so, yeah. This is it's why I've got my... This is why I keep looking at my visualisation of the the long tail of, like, OK, this... I'm trying to internalise what that amount of money means in terms of time that I don't have to yeah, do yeah, stuff yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. do and try and, like, remember how much more important that is to me than buying another... I don't know, what the hell? Buying a drone. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you need, a drone? this um episode is a bit light on advice given the title but we do need to wrap it up Um, yes we do gosh but I think we covered a few things um, and maybe we can kind of come nice back to chat. it or just report back. I think it was a good chat. Hopefully it's audible. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com and subscribe or go and subscribe in the app that maybe you just listen to this one episode so you get the next one and give us another chance. <laughs> Keep giving us chances and we'll try not to let you down. Um, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter cool um you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com or youtube.com forward slash user forward slash michael forest for i just released a new youtube video this week about a modular synth module so if you're i I think it's a very small chance that you are interested in that sort of thing (laughs) but i think it's a fun video anyway just share it even if you don't like it that's what we're trying to say share our stuff (laughs) What's it? Right. That's, so, um, what, that's what being a friend in this modern time means. Just sharing and liking shit you don't actually like. <laughs> yeah, be a friend. Come on. Come um, on, man. You can come and support us on Patreon at patreon.com. Be our second supporter on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash grand podcast. Um, as I said, my aunt Annette gave us a donation. So we've more or less got our hosting costs covered, which feels like a wonderful precedent so you know it's it's clearly worth something to someone so there's social proof come on social proof that we're worth a dollar 
three dollars a month come on like we put a lot of work into this a lot of billable hours as i said earlier hundreds of pounds of billable hours go into this every month so come on you can give us a buck The um, the other thing that would very I'm that I'm not going down the page yes Patreon please that would be nice um, but also and also uh, write us some reviews please because that's mm. how people find out how amazing we are because if you look at all the featured things they're always by people that are already famous <laughs> yes. featured podcasts we're not famous we're just people uh, so if you could uh, write us some reviews do some stars stars for every episode occasional bit of writing whatever platform you listen on tell your friends um even if you share it with somebody go look it's not my cup of tea but it might be yours uh, that's also cool so yeah share please thank you thanks all right well we'll see you next week anyway hopefully yes um we will bye Bye, 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 bye. bye. Take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye.